Oh my goodness, how much more can you cram into one day? Chinese lessons on Skype, but that wasn't the beginning, that was sort of the ending of the day. Apple Store stopover, lots of monies later. Future of work, I said I was going to talk about this today. And in general, it is getting kind of cold and wow. How do you make time for everything? Folks, Thursday, October 27, 2000. 22, I'm Stephen Sirsky. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you folks and uh, ladies and gentlemen are doing well. I uh, am, uh, this is me. This is my daily audio digest. I publish this Monday to Friday. Uh, put it onto my website, stephensirsky.com, is where you can uh, uh, see all the archives. Stretching back a year for this audio blog. I've been keeping the blog itself, the website itself, has been going on for oh, 12, 15 years already. 14 years? Uh, lots of years, a dozen years or so. Um, but this audio blog has only been going on for a year. If you want another something to listen to, uh, I have a bigger podcast, an extended conversation podcast I do with a lot of expats and other creatives and uh, interesting individuals that I meet along the way. Uh, that's uh, the Steve Mastersky podcast. You can find that on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all the big uh, streamers. Uh, and uh, also on my website, stevemastersky.com is where you can find it, uh, where I, I sort of I interview people, I talk to other people, more conversations. It's with other people. Not like this one. It's just me. 20 minutes of Steve. Your favorite part of the day. Am I right? All right. So yesterday I was yik-yakking about Taobao Chinese lessons. I was trying to save a few dollars before I finally sucked it up and uh, uh, purchased a bunch, uh, another set of 10 classes with this uh, um, retired Chinese teacher online. And we go through Skype, which was great. It's good because... uh, Okay, so yesterday I was going on about this, you know, how the different, uh, yesterday I had booked the classes through Taobao, and those teachers either weren't getting back to me, uh, or they were using Classin, or Zoom, or the Chinese version of Zoom, which is different, uh, none of them would actually use Weixin, or WeChat, uh, so it was uh, a little bit uh, troublesome, to, and I'm not going to lie, I booked like five or six teachers at once, silly, silly me, but I kind of thought they would all be different uh, in the in the sense that if I was going to book a bunch of classes, you know, they just give me a WeChat address or a, a, like a classroom address and I can go um, join in the classroom sort of thing, like, like just meet up with them or something. But not face-to-face, but online, that didn't happen. And yeah, my, my Chinese and their name scheme, their naming scheme wasn't as consistent so it's like i mean it could be you know jung shamana or whatever it is that their names that's not a real name but if if you think it's a real name it's not uh but uh along those lines where it is one of these things like i i just couldn't i didn't know who was adding me and they didn't know who I, who was adding me either or who i was adding right um so if i added them they wouldn't know and if they added me i wouldn't know who they were i was like am i getting spammed again anyway so today i had a lesson with this italki teacher on skype and i had a lesson with her uh last month i guess it was uh, middle of september not displeased and i put it that way because this is a conversation where this is conversational chinese and this is like pure conversational chinese that you better show up and have something to say because first of all you're paying for it second of all she's she's a teacher she's a former teacher 
but you're not paying her for her teaching abilities. You're paying for the chance to practice your spoken Chinese and to learn a, few, uh, a bit of vocabulary along the way. Now she didn't she didn't correct any of my uh, my grammar. She didn't correct any of my tones or anything. This is just this is fluency practice. That's it. It's not accuracy. It's all fluency, which is what I need. Because one of these um, books that I'm reading for this uh, this uh, Delta this ESL Teaching Plus certificate diploma. Uh, it's a diploma. It's not a certificate. Uh, it states that uh, you know a lot of times even native speakers of the language or uh, like they'll they'll avoid certain situations because they're just like I don't want to deal with the situation. Uh, especially as a language learner, you don't want to put yourself into that sort of mode of embarrassment uh, that that is required. That humbleness that is required. I know. There's people out there. Oh, you have to. You have to embrace the suck. You have to encounter all the hard obstacles that you can't. But you know, there's a certain point when you're living overseas. You're like, you know what? That's enough suck for one day. <laughs> That's enough obstacles for one day. If I can take the easier path, just so I can have the mental fortitude to do it again later, then that's what I'm going to do. Sometimes the easy path is the hard path. How's that? And sometimes the hard path is the easy path. So you sure should even Shirsky, right? So says Stephen Shirsky. All right. Uh, so yeah, this uh, the Skype um, class was actually pretty good. Eight thirty today. Eight thirty is like thirty two minutes total. Pretty good. Uh, we talked a lot about Duan um, Wujie, the Dongxi. So yeah, Dragon Fe- uh, Festival. Um, not the Zongzi, but there's a uh, there's a smelly sack that they have. <laughs> I'm alighting, eliding, elisioning a lot of stuff here. I'm, I'm shortening the, the story. The, the smelly stack, uh, smelly snack. It, it's like um, an anti-insect pouch. So most of us Westerners are very familiar with like a mosquito spray or bug spray and stuff like that, right? Uh, but uh, there, I mean, there are still a lot of places, even in the West, where you can buy these sort of um, I call them a smelly sack. It's a, it's a, uh, a a pouch that's full of certain herbs and other sort of things that repel insects. And like children will wear these things as a natural insect repellent. Um, you'll hang these up in your, uh, your apartment. Uh, but uh, so she was explaining sort of the, um, the usage of this and like where she got this, the one that she had in her apartment. So it, and it's good. This is what this conversation is. This sort of class is, it's a very spontaneous, um, Yik yak, talky talk, shui shui, uh, of things that are all in Chinese. I don't think she spoke any English today, to tell you the truth. I broke down to English a bit because I, I just couldn't explain. Um, yeah, there's a few words I, I'm like, I'm not sure how to explain that uh, in, in Chinese. I could paraphrase, but then it's going to sound very very awkward she understood and she's she knows english so it's, it's good enough like that uh but uh so but she spoke pure chinese wrote down a few words for me um and it was uh, overall a very good experience in terms of uh being able to have that sort of immersive sort of um experience of, of speaking just just chinese that's it so oh, i can't what, what's the uh, the word for insect come on come on luke what is that word for insect? Zhuangshi uh, is decoration. Nuanxi is your uh, central heating. Zhong, 
Zhongjian, Shangjian, Xiajian. This is like the beginning, the middle, uh, the beginning and the end of the month. Then there's Yuchengwu, which is, uh, am I getting this wrong? The winter clothing, Buyang is not the same. I know that. Yimin, immigrants. So we were talking about like why I don't leave Beijing, why, why I'm still in Beijing, why I'm still in China. One of the reasons is because, you know, there's, there's still work here, right? It's, and, and although living costs would be cheaper in Canada, um, it's not altogether clear whether or not I'd make more. I don't think I'd make more money in Canada than I'm making here, even with the current setup of working at home and everything. Um, but in Canada, I could work two or three jobs, but honestly, don't really want to work two or three jobs at this point. I'd want to work one job and have a couple uh, other side hustles that I can, you know, legalize and legally earn money from as a result, rather than, you know, just earning, depending on one job, one visa sort of thing, right? Which is honestly a horrible way to live. And it, it, I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. So we we're talking about like, if I went to back, I went back to Canada, if I went to Canada to, to teach, what would it be? I mean, it's like, well, $600 for a uh, rent, a, you know, a, a studio apartment, possibly double that for a double. So $1,200 Canadian. Uh, and you're earning, I don't know, two, two thousand dollars, uh, two thousand Canadian, which is what fifteen hundred U.S., uh, maybe twenty five hundred Canadian, uh, two thousand U.S., uh, or like ten pounds, because <laughs> the British pound to the, to the Canadian dollar, oh, it's it's a uh, it's a horrible abomination. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but uh, here in, in China, I mean, if I were to go to a uh, international school, you could be making about 40000 30000 after tax, and they'd pay for the apartment. But you'd have to teach kids. And uh, I think I've made it pretty clear before that I don't really want to teach kids. I just uh, kind of... At the university would be fine, but the universities are all locked down. So you can't come and go from a university at the same way that I can from my compound. Um and compared to it working at international school. All right, so uh, Apple Store stopover. Um, the, I'll, I'll talk about this very quickly because I, I did mention this yesterday about interacting with the Apple customer service staff. It's actually very easy to go in there. Uh, they actually sent two people over because uh, they saw that I was an English name in contrast to all of the Chinese names on the service list. Uh, and so they sent one guy over who was like the tech guy and the other guy over who was sort of acting as a translator Translator, I mean, he explained he at, at the get-go, he pretty much explained everything that was going on. Um, we had a little bit of trouble booting up the computer. This was interesting because I had my assisted connection uh, device, my internet, my assisted internet connection device started prior uh, to shutting it down. I shut it down. He tries to plug in this uh, USB-C cable to uh, Ethernet, right? Uh, to, to get the the internet going, not using Wi-Fi, so using a cable, it won't connect. And he, he tried for like uh, 15 minutes. This was like actually one of the biggest hang-ups of the whole thing. Finally, he gets the thing started. He's like, do you have like an assisted connection device? I'm like, well, yes, I do. He's like, well, we should probably shut that off. Click off, then it worked. I'm like, what the, are you kidding me? That computer was off and the assisted connections device was still blocking the connection. He's like, yep, that's... Uh, that's what happens because it was Wi-Fi, not Ethernet. It was all it was trying to connect through Wi-Fi. So uh, that was a bit of a 
trouble, but not not a big issue anyway. Uh, so diagnostics, he plugged the cable in. I don't know what he downloaded to my computer. I'm, I'm one of those distrusting distrusting peoples, uh, but uh, didn't reformat anything. Basically, the story is that I do have to get the uh, the battery replaced, and since the battery is soldered on to the the keyboard, they have to replace the whole thing. But you know, generous of generous, they're going to replace the keyboard for free. Sounds great. Except, let's just keep in mind, the 2017 MacBooks, 2016 MacBooks came with this butterfly keyboard, which was pilloried, like shat upon by critics. No one liked it. The 2018 edition of the uh, the MacBook, I think, went back to the uh, typical mechanical keyboard because people were like, this keyboard sucks. Do not use this ever again. So you'll notice like on uh, the iPads, the new MacBooks, if you ever get like a, a keyboard from Apple, it's all the mechanical keyboards. It's not the butterfly keyboards, which is this, those things. And I, I see it like I'm, I'm typing away and like, I, I think I spend half of my time erasing what I just wrote and trying to rewrite it again if I'm using the keyboard on the MacBook itself. I have an external keyboard as well, so I can sort of um, work around that, but uh, it, it really is very troublesome and very, it's just it's just delaying. It just delays the whole process of getting things done. Uh, so, but they said that they're gonna replace it. Hopefully that fixes things. Guess how much? 1,500 RMB, $300 Canadian right, to replace the battery and the keyboard, which the, the keyboard they're giving me for free, I'm like, well, you're not, it's not free, I mean, you overcharge for it anyway, but I, I, Apple does good stuff, okay, Apple does good stuff, the service was good, they provided a, an English translator, fantastic, it was painless going to the Apple store, getting this thing looked at, even though I bought this MacBook uh, in, in Canada, I was almost, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of hoping that they said, no, it's fucked. you got to buy a new computer. Here, buy the Mac Studio. Yes, I'll just buy it. Yes, do it. Because we just got paid today too. Fantastic. But uh, that wasn't it. So I'm like, hmm, 1,500 RMB on a new battery or 60,000 on a new computer? Hmm. (laughs) I went with the new battery uh, because I don't have 60,000 for a new computer just, just yet. Although I'm not going to lie, the Mac Studio, sweet machine, looks very enticing, would probably last me for several, several, several lots of years, hopefully. And it's apparently like a mid-tier computer based on the Mac Pro, which is their professional system, and probably will not have a second edition. Mac Studio is Mac Studio, and that's it. Unlike the MacBooks, which they, which they sort of release every couple of years or so. Anyway, so yeah, 1500 RMB, looks like it's going to be uh, for... Um, my uh, new battery, and hopefully this uh, computer will be singing very shortly. Another, so they'll keep it for. Uh, it's going to take five days to get the battery in, two days to fix the thing. So all good within a week, week and a half. I tax this thing. I'm not going to lie. I I work this thing, and it's had this battery notification, battery service recommended thing for a long time. It's kind of like you, you know the oil light in the car. I'm like, I don't know, it was on there for a while. I didn't think it meant, but I, I, I know exactly what it meant. I was expecting it to die earlier. It's just that this week it finally started shutting off unexpectedly. Anyway, future of work. So yesterday I was talking about this. I, I mentioned it. Um, this dawned on me, this whole future of work. There's a, I have a colleague here who um, 
was expressing concern. I'm not sure how much concern he actually had for the people, the plebs, uh, us, um, you know, the working man. Does he actually care whether or not they're employed or not? The concern was that if we move towards, like, especially for our job, like being English teachers and like, you know, it's not like our job can't be replicated. It's just that it it's nice not to be replicated just yet because if you try to, if you try to go through automated uh, language learning software, uh, you kind of become discouraged after a while. And I know this because uh, for myself, um, in, in pursuing conversational Chinese lessons at the moment, it's one of these things where I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to talk to someone who understands and isn't trying to um, transcribe everything I'm doing right now to check it against something else, right? Just to, to have that sort of assurance that uh, what I'm saying is being understood, although it might be incorrect, grammatically incorrect, or vocabularily, lexically, lexically incorrect. So, future work. What do I think? All right. What if, with the push towards automation, AI, although AI is probably farther away than we think it is, a lot of companies want to cut costs. Why do they want to cut costs? Workers want more money, they can't afford uh, more money, and if they pay the workers more money, they have to raise the prices, which means that other people cannot afford, not as many people can afford the products or services that that company offers. All right, that's number one. Number two, in terms of the whole social justice movement, you know, social justice warriors, uh, equality, which sounds great. I'll play devil's advocate here. Sounds great. Is it going to be fixed anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, are there other ways to fix it other than protesting on Twitter and throwing mashed potatoes at paintings? Probably. Although that's the energy crisis argument rather than like the social justice. Isn't the same thing? You know, honestly, lost track of it. Lost track of the whole thing. Um, but that being the case, people want to argue about rights and privileges, yet what are they contributing to the company? I understand this. I know it. I've read J.P. Getty's How to Be Rich. This guy basically says most people aren't willing to work. Gary Vaynerchuk says most people aren't willing to put the hours in. There are a lot of people, a lot of these business guys, entrepreneurs, are saying the, the only thing that really differentiates you from the pack is putting in the hours. If you want to be relevant... Two, th- two to three to ten, five years from now, forget ten years, ten years switches your decades, but a year from now, you want, if you want to rock on up to a, a pub or bar or go back to your hometown and be like, well, you, you know, someone says something off the cuff about whatever, China, politics, geopolitics, oil, you know, energy crisis, the stock market, Learning a language. And those are just the things that I'm sort of familiar with. You know, someone says something, but you're sitting there going, but okay, wait a minute, what do you know about that? What's your, what are your qualifications? And people are like, well, I, you know, I read this article. Well, what, what was the article? And they, you know, I, you know, I, I don't really remember. I, you know, it was like something on the internet. Oh, the internet, the glorious fucking internet. Mother internet, giveth, giveth all. Give us the teat, the milk of knowledge to us all. Well, guess what, honey? We all have access to that. What fucking website did you go to? Who wrote the thing? 
What was the source? Did they actually have something to back it up? What were the backlinks going on? Did you check that? You ah, oh, you didn't check it. Okay, so wait a minute. You're one of these guys, one of these people, these bar talkers. That's what you are. You're a bar talker, yip yapping. And dude, I've been there. Okay, I've been there. I've been one of those bar talkers as well, talking shit about shit that I don't know, and doing my best to to stop that. I mean, absolutely. Educate yourself. So, trying to figure out what you actually know, and then substantiating it. So with all of this going forward, the work of the future, this concern was, well, if AI and robotic automation replaces the work of the people, what will the people do? Okay, if you're a business owner, are you going to hire them? Straight up. I mean, let's put it this way. You're, a, you're an English teacher. You can hire an assistant to find you other clients, students. You can hire another teacher to create materials for your classes. That's two employees. You can hire an accountant. Then you can hire a lawyer. You can hire um, even an IT guy. So now you got five employees. All of a sudden, you hire a programmer who says, okay, but uh, the uh, student search and the uh, materials development can all be automated, basically. So you hired one guy who replaces two and the materials people and the uh, student marketer, whatever it is, kind of like, well, but, but, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's still the human touch. The programmer's like, yeah, the human touch will be you talking to the potential client because we'll just, you know, send out a bunch of emails that will, you know, we'll send a web crawler that will pull in a few names. We'll track the Google um, keyword analytics and pull that and whatever you're doing that will whatever you're looking on focus on will run ads against that whoever responds will uh, do a couple of videos or conferences with that and maybe you'll get you know 10% return rate something like that right so you've automated now think of the programmer he automates it he, he programs it once and you go well but now I have the program I can I don't need you anymore right so he becomes freelance he's like so now you have like 3.5 employees. You still, do you still need the lawyer? Do you still need the accountant? Do you still, uh, still need uh, the other person as well? Good question, right? Accountants aren't going anywhere, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Lawyers probably, but they don't, they're not gonna be full-time. They're gonna be part-time, they're gonna be freelance. So moving forward, if you have the inclination to have a business, to have a job, sorry, not a job, a business, um, work that requires multiple inputs, what can you automate? And you, as the business owner, aren't going to be sitting down resting on on, on your laurels anytime soon. You're going to be your CTO, your chief technical officer. You have to research this stuff. So like when I was talking about doing Python and stuff like that and Apple scripting and uh, Apple Automator and stuff like that, it wasn't because it was just like, oh, you know, rich man has to take his uh, time and fill up his time with something. He's getting bored of his Chinese studies and his Latin works. No, 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 no. I'm trying to automate the thing so that when I send an MP3 file to my computer, it automatically does two or three things to it before uploading it in a specific format to my website. That's what I want to see happen. So, the future of work. Those who want it will automate what they can. 
What will the others do? I think we're seeing that. We're seeing what's happening is that the others who don't want to automate, who don't want to learn the next the language of the next uh, working revolution, which is to automate computers to do a lot of work for you. So one one man, one woman can equal ten. They're going to want someone else to pay for them. They're going to call down the companies. Well, you shouldn't be automating people because you deal with people. I said, you're going, if I could automate you, if I can automate this work so it saves me, because I'm going to do it. And let's put this another way. Okay, as a small business owner, and I, I can't even almost say I can't even really say that I am a small business owner because you can own a website, you can pay for a website, but do you own the business? I mean, what's what's being a business owner? You, do you actually make money? Right, I don't make money from my websites. Not gonna lie, I don't. So, but if the choice, do I spend the ten hours, fifteen, twenty, fifty hours learning how to create a program? that does the things that I need it repetitively on any system going forward. My Mac, a Windows program, a Windows uh, PC, or my Android. Or do I pay someone $25 an hour who I have to phone call and handhold their way through what I need done? Now, granted, they might finish it on time after the initial two or three meetings. Yeah, could happen for sure. Wonderful. That would be awesome. Now, what if they find another job? Then I'm right back at square one. At least with the program, I can modify it. At least with the program, I can take it with me. At least with the program, despite version upgrades, and let's not forget, if I made the program, I have the knowledge of how to fix it. So that's what I'm going for with this automation. So that future work, I I think automation... I think programming are huge. If, okay, if English is the lingua franca, then computer programming is the modern lingua franca. So forget English as being lingua franca. That's a global language. Programming is your knee. knee, Programming languages are your new lingua franca. The Franks would be proud. It's all the market, uh, the market smiths and everything like that. Yes. Absolutely. That's what they are. So get your programming hats on, get your programming gloves on, and start learning how to do Python because that that is where your future of work is. That's where your future of communication and languages is. It's it's going to be automation. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. There's there's my rant about the future of work. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stephen60.com. Looks like the live stream worked today. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you didn't, let me know how things are going. And hopefully uh, we can shoy uh, shui We can talk a little bit about uh, the future work. And if you're studying Chinese, let me know. I want to know how you're doing as well. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. Have a good one.